This is the most dangerous man in professional wrestling, Agent Orange Juice Jennings, the real OCW champion, and you are listening to Wrestling Cheers. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking your break from all your worries, it sure would help a lot. Would you like to get away? Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, right here on the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com. You can follow us on f- Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers. Wrestling, I don't know why I said that, but Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on Podbean, WrestlingCheers.com podbean.com and we have a little bit of a treat for you this week a little bit something different to talk about of course this is wrestling cheers where everybody knows your name even if you're part other part of the other side of the state i'm completely screwing up i'm not feeling really good right now you probably hear it in my voice but i'm better than what i've done in the past couple days but you know this week we have a we have a special guest uh, I did mention it last week for anybody who has listened, and this has been on the docket since about August. And I am joined by a friend of the show that you hear me always talk about every week, at least put out at least a little plug. We have Andy from Road Home from Wrestling. That's right. It's uh, awesome to finally be on the Wrestling Cheers podcast where everybody knows your name. And, uh, you know, man, it was so great to meet you. Uh, we met at the Catalina Wrestling Mixer uh, down at Rockstar Pro for Wrestling Revolver. And it was great to meet you and sit with you and enjoy some pro wrestling. And uh, it's always awesome to talk to folks that are, uh, you know, of like mind, you know, with this business of pro wrestling. It's pretty awesome. It was great for me to finally just get down to that area. Uh, I, I was actually listening to an episode like the when I changed the name to Wrestling Gears, and I mentioned how I have never really got outside of my area. And one of the, I think the first place I mentioned was like I haven't been down to Dayton for Rockstar. I mean, granted, it was an official Rockstar Pro show, but still, it was it's still at the arena. A lot of the same wrestlers, and it was kind of a joint show, so it was actually cool to show up knowing a bunch of uh, wrestlers that were there, so I didn't feel totally out of my mix. Listening to your show helped me know who certain people were. Like, maybe I didn't have a face to place to certain people, but it was that was a fun show. I like to come back again. I think, uh, I forget who I was talking uh, with this about. It might have been uh, Bruce Gray, and that was, like, I went when I went to Rockstar, the next day, me and my girlfriend, we went to the Columbus Zoo. So we're talking about maybe some other time in the future, we go to Rockstar, and then we go to maybe the Cincinnati Zoo. Or then maybe we go to the Toledo Zoo, like kind of like <laughs> mix in some wrestling and then go to the zoo the next day. So like we're both happy. Hey, that Cincinnati Zoo is pretty sweet. I, I think Kevin Owens loves that one. But, uh, you know, uh, well, man, you know, like I said, it was great to meet you and great to share, you know, the place that we kind of one of the places we call home down here. Uh, we're, you know, based out of Cincinnati, Ohio, but uh, it's just a short drive up north to Dayton. 
Um, and, uh, you know, if you guys don't know anything about our show, you know, what we do is we cover live wrestling on the way home from the show. Quite literally, uh, we jump in the car and start recording right then and there. And we talk all about what we just have seen. And, um, you know, a lot of times we have wrestlers who maybe were even in the main event riding with us. So, uh, you know, it's a pretty unique kind of deal that we do. And we're really, really proud of what we've been able to do. And it's especially a one like one of a kind show. I mean, that's a very easy thing to do. I think I like I know for me like I'm just more of a perfectionist when it comes to audio, but like your audio really isn't that bad. I mean, it actually it, there was points where it was, but that's when you were actually trying <laughs> you were trying to make it sound better, but you actually made it sound worse. And how someone does that is freaking crazy. <laughs> but it's just one of those things. Well, we we thought we kind of experimented with the sound a few times and eventually we just figured out that, you know, the more sensitive a microphone, the more outside noise it was going to pick up. We're in a car. I mean, there's no way to, you know, to eliminate the road noise. But at the same time, we needed something that had enough kind of ambient pickup, so to speak, you know, to uh, pick up the voices real strong, too. So, you know, uh, what we've the system we got right now works pretty damn good. And uh, some of the shows I am really proud of uh, the audio, actually, because uh, I do a lot of kind of, you know, splicing in uh, little character things that we do and, and music and whatnot that I'm probably going to get sued for one day. But uh, <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> uh, I think the worst thing that you could ever have on your show is rain. Like I know in the spring, you know, like when it, it rains like the most, like I remember some of those episodes, like it's nothing you can do, but like rain's coming down and it, I mean, it kind of brings you into the show because we all know what that sounds like. We all know what it's like to drive in the rain. I think it just, it adds a whole different vibe to the show. Well, I mean, the it's cheesy, but it's true. I mean, the kind of idea is that, hey, you're sitting in the back seat, you know, and you're talking with your friends or who are us uh, about the, you know, the pro wrestling show that you didn't go to because you missed it. But we also have a lot of folks that like to listen to the show that do go to the shows. Like, you know, for example, we cover the uh, monthly iPay-Per-Views for Rockstar Pro, and a lot of people come out of the woodwork just for those uh, monthly shows. And when... You know, almost every single one of those people listen to our show because they want to hear our thoughts and see if they match up with what they thought or whatever the case may be. Plus, we're pretty damn funny, too. So there is that as well. I think, like, uh, I don't know how you guys do it with... Uh, you guys have Rockstar every single week, and then there's those times that you have another show on Friday. Like, I get, like, one a, a month, and I'm fine. But with as many, so you guys, I'm like, god damn, like, one a week, and then there's, like, a week that you have two? And then sometimes it, that might be actually two shows for the whole weekend on top of the regular amp taping? I don't know, I'm like... I don't know what I'd do, especially with my work schedule. Well, I mean, we just, just this past week, Wednesday, we went to Rockstar Pro. Now, we've uh, just recently opened up the uh, Indiana chapter of our podcast, which is kind of a, you know, the original dream of the podcast was to kind of have chapters all over the country, um, you know, covering, you know, doing our show, basically covering indie events all over the country, maybe even WWE events or whatever, just live wrestling. And uh, so we met a couple guys at uh, at uh, IWA Mid-South. They were interested in doing the show. They are amazing. And so what we'll do is that Wednesday night we'll go to Rockstar Pro. Thursday, they send me, uh, you know, their version of the show, which I post, uh, you know, uh, Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Then Saturday, I attend Northern Wrestling Federation, um, usually in Elmwood Place, Ohio, or in Fairfield, Ohio. 
And then Sunday, uh, every other Sunday, we go to Primetime Wrestling, a PTW in Georgetown, Kentucky. So um, that's just the normal stuff. Some weeks there is that iPay-Per-View as well. And, um, like, listen to this, dude. You're not going to believe this. And, and uh, if I am a zombie at hell on earth, uh, you, will, you will know why. Uh, is that Wednesday night I'm going to Rockstar Pro uh, uh, next week, right? Mm-hmm. And then Thursday night is Thanksgiving. There's a huge show at uh, IWA Mid-South with Aaron Williams facing Jimmy Jacobs for the IWA Mid-South uh, world title. And, uh, you know, Aaron's the current champion. It has been for a long time, and uh, he rarely loses. And, um, you know, it, it's uh, one of those deals where, you know, that I got to be there for that. So I'm going to make my triumphant return to IWA that night. Then Friday, I'm driving up to Cleveland to come see you and go see Hell on Earth. Saturday night, I'm going to return back to Cincinnati to go see the big uh, 22nd anniversary show uh, for NWF. And then Sunday, I'm going to chill the fuck out and not watch <laughs> any wrestling. So Watch the Browns at the Bengals. <laughs> okay. that, that is that weekend. I'll, I'll take a nap during it probably. So. Well, you'll be able to see the Bengals win, so. Hey, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe. You know, I, I I used to be a humongous NFL fan, and I, I still am. I really like the NFL. I really like football, just period. But uh, I found that, you know, at times I would have my self-worth would be tied to how the team did. And I started to realize, especially in a city like Cincinnati, where, uh, you know, I mean, it, we're just perennial losers when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, championships and whatnot, um, is I started to realize I should expect nothing from my sports teams. And then when they win, I'm happy about it. And when they lose, I don't give a shit. So that's kind of my whole uh, thought process with Cincinnati sports. And, and um, that could serve you well up there in Cleveland, you know. I mean, it could, but I'm also looking at a 2016 NBA championship hat and uh, T-shirt that I keep hung up as a reminder that at least one of my teams has won a championship. Yeah. I mean, it's only been one. I mean, when I was 10 years old, the Reds uh, went wire to wire and won the World Series, and that was the last time anything amazing like that's happened around here. But, um, you know, I am... uh, I, you know, I hate to tell you this, man. I, I don't know what kind of heat I'm going to get for this, but I, I can't stand the Cavs, man. I can't stand them. I, I like the Boston Celtics, and so I don't know if that makes us enemies now, but um, I, I don't know, dude. I just hate them so much. I'm sorry. I don't know. The last couple of years, we kind of hate the Celtics too, especially when uh, I forget. I always forget the player's name. The one that broke Kevin Love's arm and potentially ruined our chances to win the championship that year i mean it didn't help that Kyrie irving went down in the next series and was uh-huh. maybe he maybe did he play a little bit in the finals i can't remember i just remember we were we won i think two games in the finals that year and that was that was a miracle in itself but to be able to come back the next year after being down three to one like i remember after that game i was like it's it's over and then we won one i was like all right you know they're gonna win the next one then we won so then it was, you know, three to three going into game seven. I'm like, well, this is cl- typical Cleveland fashion. We lose game seven. This is, it happened again later with the World Series. So it's like, this is what I'm kind of used to. <laughs> and I actually had on, because I had two TVs in my room at the time. And, uh, well, I brought one up, my old TV, just for this particular moment. I had Money in the Bank on one and the finals on the other. I think I had 
I think I had, well, I had one of them muted. I can't remember which one. I think it was I had the game muted, but I could listen to what was going on with Money in the Bank. That was also the same day Dean Ambrose won, which I had been calling for months at that time. And he cashed in later that night, and then the the icing on the cake, right? I don't know if it was actually if it was before or after the cash-in, but when the Cavs won. To me, that was that was amazing. I'll, I may never see it again, and I think I, I would feel happier to see the Browns do it because I am a, I'm a big football fan. I don't link, you know, my self-worth to the Browns because, I mean, I think <laughs> the, Brown, the Browns have been bad for so long. Like, we feel good when they win. Yeah. Some people feel bad when they lose, but I just go, okay, that's the Browns. I'm used to it now. Like yeah, you know what you're doing. Like we've we've watched a lot of games this year where they 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 were close to winning and something happened, no matter what it was. And a lot of people I know have gotten upset and mad. I'm just like, yeah, that's I was expecting that. Like, okay, fine. I'll take more draft picks. Let's let's rack them up. We seem to be drafting better and our defense is a whole hell of a lot better this year. I mean, we're better against the run. We still gotta work on the pass, but still that's progress. That's the only thing you can ask for. <laughs> Wow, you are a Browns fan through and through, man. That's is always next year, right? That's, well, I'm sorry, buddy. Um, fa- the the factory of sadness turns <laughs> it out every year, and um, you know, I I lost a bet. I think it was last year or the year before, the year that you guys had RG three, right? And um, I made a bet with somebody that he would never play a down in the regular season, that he would get murdered in the preseason and die. And I think he got injured on the first series of like the first game or something like that and never played for again for the rest of the season. And I lost the bet. I was pissed. It was something like that, especially with the season before that. Uh, Josh McCown was running in a touchdown, almost ran in a touchdown against of all teams right now, the Jets. And he got hit and did this like helicopter spin and was out for I forget how many games. So it was, <laughs> it's like so ironic now that he's with that team. But we've, yeah, we've been riddled with a lot of, you know, injuries and whatnot. I think the smartest thing I ever did as a Browns fan is I bought a personalized jersey. And not just a regular uh-huh. personalized jersey. I bought top of the line $300 jersey. And the reason why I did that is because I bought two jerseys prior to that, both about 150 bucks a piece. One Joshua Cribs, which I'm also looking at right now. Oh, I liked w- him. He was great. I have it signed by him twice. Nice. So that's a that's a big thing. But the other one was a Johnny Manziel jersey, and that what for a long time was sitting in, in a, a dresser drawer, just collecting dust. But I found a really cool company that does part of the the tailgating for the with the Browns or whatever, and they will repurpose your jersey. They will put a new name plate on the back. Well, my Cribs one is fine. It's signed. I'm I'm happy with it. But the Manziel one, I'm never going to get it signed. It's just sitting there. <laughs> So I took it to a game and I got my last name put on the back. So now I have technically two personalized jerseys, but I had wasted, I looked at it like I wasted close to $300 between two jerseys that I don't wear now. I'm just going to spend another $300 and I'm never going to have to buy another jersey ever again. Yeah, I I only have one jersey uh, and one piece of Bengals gear, really, and it's a I, I the the ultimate. What I wish it has, I wish it had a a, a flying Brian jersey. That would be tremendous. Oh, but yeah. um, I think those don't exist. But I uh, I would. But the one I have is Carl Pickens, mm-hmm. uh, who was kind of a legendary uh, kind of shit heel <laughs> guy, and uh, and so I get a lot of laughs when I wear that one. But he was a great receiver too. Uh, but uh, but anyway, man. Um, 
you know, speaking of Cincinnati and Dean Ambrose, you were talking about, Mm -hmm. uh, he happens to be from down here. And like, um, you know, a lot of the folks that we that are kind of uh, the staples there at Rockstar Pro, they all came up with him, you know, so I, I get a lot oh, of yeah. great stories about him and, you know, and, and uh, you know, the HWA days, which was this kind of joint um, promotion between what is now the NWF and what became Rockstar Pro. And that's where the Chris started. That's where yeah. Aaron Williams started. That's it was a promotion started by Les Thatcher in that uh, MTV. I want to be a um, pro wrestler thing that everybody's seen. You know, mm-hmm. that that's uh, that's the promotion that Les Thatcher's running is, is in HWA there in um, Norwood. And uh, that's where Dean Ambrose got to start. So, you know, we we have a lot of deep roots here in Cincinnati with with pro wrestling, but it all starts around that time mm-hmm. you know as far as like the 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 modern take and there was a long time where cincinnati really wasn't much of a territory it was just kind of a you know they ran some shows in some halls right mm-hmm. um but uh you know it, now it's fun you know when i first started the podcast i wanted to reach out to some of the people that started independent pro wrestling so i i got les thatcher's email off of his uh twitter account i think and i emailed him and he's become a good friend of mine. You know, <laughs> it's so crazy how this works out. Um, and we, you know, I've gone over to his house and like watched old matches and stuff. And it's just nuts, man. Um, we, you know, you, you're you're hanging out with somebody who had their mat, their first match in 1960, you know, and, um, you know, it's really, really fun stuff. And we got a lot of really great stories, like the time my co-host went over to Les Thatcher's house to fix his toilet, um, you know, <laughs> It's just a lot, a lot of great stuff. Um, you know, we, we've had a lot of good times, man. And, and I really that's one of my favorite things about doing the podcast is just all the all the fun stuff and getting to know all these guys on a different level than you would from just being a fan in the crowd. You know, and then isn't isn't Carl Anderson from Cincinnati, too? Carl, the machine gun Anderson, is most certainly from Cincinnati. He uh, started at NWF, was trained by Roger Ruffin. Um, and not only that, uh, it's well, I'm not, you know, probably shouldn't say this, but every once in a while he's backstage at the shows. So, um, but it's a big secret. Don't tell anybody. So, uh, well, don't worry. You know, we, we've gotten people in Cleveland, such as, uh, Dolph Ziggler as an attendee to shows. I've seen nice. him, I've seen him multiple times just hanging out in the back watching shows. Um, and also a guy who's, it's, it's no secret. He's backstage at certain shows. Uh, a wrestler by the name of uh, Johnny Gargano, but he, uh-huh. he came from this area and everything. But a fun fact about Carl Anderson, he follows Wrestling Cheers on Twitter. Very nice. Awesome. I have no idea wow. how that happened. I think, I'm thinking it has to do whenever it was the Ohio Indy Report, and uh-huh. I don't know, he's seen a tweet and he followed, I don't know. Like, I have, what was it? I think I retweeted something, and then it was like, Carl Anderson retweeted this, and I'm like, what? What? And I looked at it, it's like, it says following you. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I have no idea what this episode's like. It's one of those things I never want to, like, mention him. Because then he'll go, why am I following this account? Unfollow. <laughs> and I'll be heartbroken. Because I feel like it's, like, one of the more high-profile people that follow us. I'm, and I have no idea where it happened. But I'm like, all right, this is awesome. Carl Anderson. Well, we we have a running joke uh, that uh, on the podcast that, oh, that guy follows me on Twitter. Because, like, if you look at the my followers on Twitter at Drusifer Tweet, you can see that like every independent wrestler like in the area uh, follows me as well as many 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 other wrestlers you know worldwide 
And uh, that's I don't really know how that happened except for just years of work and like, you know, kind of just work in the social media stuff. But a lot of times we will see a guy we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And I'll like kind of think, man, he kind of looks familiar. Like, I'm pretty sure he follows me on Twitter, you know, and it's it's become a joke. But then I'll find out that sure enough, he does. He follows me on Twitter and is like retweeted a bunch of my shit. And I'm like, man. Hey, and then I'd try to reach out to him and be like, hey, nice to meet you. I didn't realize we were even friends. So that's the magic of social media, right? One person that I love from your area, well, just say people, is the Chris's. I love uh, uh, Dave. Dave's the best. I love Jake too, but Dave is hands down the best. I I haven't seen him in this area. And I think I've told you this story before. I mentioned on the podcast, but screw it. I like telling the story. I haven't seen him in years prior to WrestleMania weekend. He hasn't been booked in Cleveland since like the end of 2012. And uh, I've seen him during the WrestleCon Super Show. And I just figure I'm going to walk right by him whenever he's like, hey, man, what's up? And I'm like you remember me? He's like, of course I do, man. And like, we started talking a little bit. And then I think I heard on your show how he says like, he might forget names, but he'll never forget a face. Uh-huh. And I remember when he was up here, I was for a while, I was trying for them to get in the OI4K shirts. And that was right around the time that they changed the design. It was first the, uh, the one that looked like the Misfits logo. And then they changed it to the one that was made by CZW. And I was like the first show I think I went to, they had the, the original one and they didn't have them again for a while. And I'd always ask him, like, where's that? Where's that? And then one day he's like, like, I think I'm going to Facebook or something. He's like, I'm getting it in. Like, we're going to have him at the next show. And I, you know, I picked it up. And the fact that he remembered me is one of the craziest things to happen as a fan. And I think he's one of the top, like, five or ten, like, nicest guys in wrestling. Like, there might be people out there that can say some bad things about him, but I think it's few and far in between. Maybe it's business-wise. But as a person towards fans, he's great. I love him. Yeah, he's never been anything but nice to us. Uh, You know, we, of course, you know, if you're familiar with our show, we had the very, very long interview with him. I think it it was originally like about two and a half hours, but I had to cut a little bit out because he had some tryouts coming up that he wanted to cut a few things out that he had said. So uh, and Dave's one of these guys that uh, doesn't really have a filter. So um, but, uh, you know, as long as you're on his good side, man, he's he's a hell of a guy. And even if you're not on his good side, he's still going to be nice to you. Uh, you know, uh, in person. Um, he's never, never once been rude to me. And I've had some awkward conversations with him. Like, uh, you know, one time, you know, I, the, the restroom at Rockstar Pro, there's a couple of them, but there's only one that like menus basically. And I went in there one time and he was like, I don't know, he was having some kind of problem with his pants. He was trying to get his pants buttoned or something. And I came in and I was like talking to him for a minute. And, uh, and I think that was when we were trying to get, when he first injured his back. And mm-hmm. he was bummed out all the time, man. And he was just like walking around rock star, like couldn't, couldn't wrestle, couldn't do anything. And I was like, Hey man, you got a little time on your hands. Why don't you come on the show? And that's when I first started setting that up with him. And he was really nice and everything, but it was just kind of a awkward place to ask somebody for an interview, <laughs> you know, but, uh, it just worked out that way. And, you know, like I said, he's been nothing but nice, but his brother, Jake is a tremendous wrestler as well. Uh, you know, our guy, uh, Aaron Williams has had a, a many, many, many battles with both of those guys and, um, you know, they're friends as well. And, uh, you know, as you know, the OI4K kind of thing is, is that's where it comes from is Rockstar Pro. So, you know, it's, uh, it, you know, if you, you hear, uh, Jake talk about it on the interview that we did, it was the idea that it was supposed to 
kind of be like the road home from wrestling where it would have chapters all over the country. And like Ricky Shane page was going to be like the Cleveland chapter. And, you know, there's all these various people that they wanted in the, in the thing, like a motorcycle club kind of, or whatever. But, um, probably Eric Ryan too. Eric Ryan. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Cause I know he, for a longest time, he had the OI 4k patch on his tights. Mm -hmm. We just saw him, uh, he was at their last iPay-Per-View, which was called I'ma Be a Gangster Forever, which is named after some song. Uh, but uh, And he was in a, uh, I don't know, like a, a six-way juice match, basically, where they, they had uh, you know Matt Tremont, a couple of his guys, versus Eric Ryan and a couple of Rockstar Pro guys. And uh, it was okay. You know what I mean? I've seen... Um, in fact, speaking of Dave Christ, uh, my favorite Eric Ryan match I've ever seen was uh, Dave Christ and Eric Ryan in a casket match. Good Lord, dude. This this was unreal, man. This was a tremendous match. And, um, you know, it, it's it's kind of sucks now that, that um, I, you know, Dave and Jake, they have uh, success now. They're on television. I'm not saying it sucks that they have success. But it sucks because we don't get to see them wrestle a rock star anymore. So, like, the new wave of folks that have come in, are, uh, you know, your guys like your Myron Reeds, your uh, Trey Miguel, uh, you know, Desmond Xavier's gone now. And um, I'm trying to think of who else. There's so many other guys. Uh, you know, Aaron's still there. And um, gosh, Clayton Jackson's a guy that's pretty awesome that's up there. And so all these guys are kind of taking over the mantle of um, what Dave and Jake have built up there. And it's kind of Rockstar's in kind of a transition mode right now because of that. Uh, where the shows are kind of hit and miss and, you know, sometimes they're a little goofy and sometimes they're really great, uh, you know, but, um, you know, we'll be there to cover it either way. And, uh, you know, if we don't like that show, uh, we'll like one of the other three shows that we go to that same week. So, <laughs> you know. it, it, it sounds very similar what we're going through in Cleveland or what we've been going through because, I mean, I became an independent wrestling fan in 2011 and Johnny Gargano has been on damn near every single show. I mean... <clears throat> He was, I mean, he was injured at one point after uh, his match with uh, Ricochet at Evolve, and I know that put him out for so many months. And you know, sometimes he had bookings elsewhere and whatnot. But it it was a thing that every show or mostly every show, I would be able to go in, talk to Johnny Gargano. We talk Cleveland sports because that's something that we connected on, and you know, we'd ha- we'd have fun. Now he's in NXT, uh-huh. in WWE. He's he's a guy who's probably going to be there a long time. And, you know, when we had that first show without him, it, it, I mean, it, it kind of sucked because like, there's that constant. Now he's gone. And I think also with the recent passing of one of the AIW owners, that's been another thing. But they're they're working on changing how they do things. And I I thoroughly in, enjoy what they're doing. Like even the, the card that we have announced for Hell on Earth is is pretty, pretty awesome. Um, I had it up. Like, I know that the main event, uh, Tim Dons versus Nick Gage. Which, how much have you seen of either of these guys? Lots of Tim Donst, zero Nick Gage. <laughs> you are going to be in for a treat, okay? Because, like, Donst is, it, it, his story in AIW is funny, too. Two years ago, when he had cancer, and he actually had a feud with Gage, because they both have a, the, a gimmick or whatever, like, who's the fucking man? And, you know, you just say Tim fucking Donst or Nick fucking Gage. And I guess Gage did it before Donst, and Donst was doing it, and then when Gage got out of jail for a brief period of time before going back in, uh, they set up this nice feud between the two. And it's when Tim Donst was coming back from, like I said, coming back from cancer, so he was this this huge, huge baby face. And he does end up beating Nick Gage. But after the match, Nick Gage lays him out. 
tremendous heat on Gage. Two years later, and within that time, Tim Donst has flipped because the crowd reaction has changed. They went from loving him to people like me who are kind of skeptic of him, kind of like, okay, you're you're like you're this, but I don't know, like you're kind of boring. It's the same shit. Uh, there's been we've we've called him Big Match Donst because he was getting all these like higher profile matches, and it's like, okay, you know, whatever. Like you kind of suck, dude. And then he flipped. And now you got, like, he's supposed to be a bad guy. A lot of people are booing him, but he still does have this crowd, this section that loves him. So mm-hmm. literally, the last time they were to- together in the ring was Hell on Earth, not Hell on Earth, uh, Absolution 10. And two years later, at Absolution 12, right after Tim Donce, uh wins his match and retains his title, Nick Gage's music hits. And for the first time in two years, he returns to AIW. And it's crazy because now a lot of people like me, we absolutely love Nick Gage. And Nick uh-huh. Gage is is a, is a deathmatch guy. He oh yeah. And I'm I'm really looking forward to to this match and both times that uh, he's come out at AIW at the end of the sh- at the end of the night. Like I've like flipped my shit because I I love I love stories that are drawn out through a long period of time. Like if you've ever watched or if you ever get a chance to watch PWO Prime Wrestling, they had like. A, couple year story arc between one of my favorite wrestlers, Marion Fontaine and, uh, internet wrestling columnist, Justin Labar. They turned it, they kept every time you would think it was over, they would add a new wrinkle and they'd keep going. And then they add a new wrinkle and having really cool, uh, heel turns and surprise guests. And like, I, it's hard to explain, but they always kept me interested. And they start, I think they started that in like 2011. The company folded in, the fall of 2013 and that storyline was still technically going like in a different chapter but still going and i love storytelling like that hey me too man you know we we go to so many different promotions um you know the further north that we go it seems the less story is important and the further south that we go the more that work rate is less important and uh you know one of the greatest matches i've ever seen is a boxing match between two guys who aren't wrestlers, there was at primetime wrestling between a manager and the owner of the company. And it was amazing because it didn't, you know, because of all the story that went behind it. And we didn't even see half of the story. But I, you know, I was able to kind of pick up on everything uh, because we just started going to there like, you know, like three or four months ago. And there's been this years long story going into this. And uh, that stuff to me is when being a fan pays off, paying attention pays off. Um, I really am a fan of like flippy do, you know, super matches, you know, you're, you're, uh, you know, like we saw, uh, uh, you know, at that, uh, at that wrestling or cattle. Catalina wrestling mixer we saw you know I, Ray Phoenix versus uh, you know Shane Strickland or something like that I mean it's great but it has zero story and so because of that it's hard for me to be invested as a fan beyond the wow that's cool um, you know and as we all know if you love a character in a movie and that character dies or if you love a, you know a storyline that, that ends satisfyingly or doesn't it, it can affect you emotionally and I think that that's kind of one of the things that uh, sometimes independent pro wrestling or just pro wrestling in general can miss is that they are there to manipulate our emotions and make us feel something much like music does. And uh, I liken music to pro wrestling quite a bit. And I think that that's one of the things that sometimes we get to miss out on uh, sometimes where, you know, we're too uh, focused on uh, putting 3000 moves into a match and we forget about the story. And I think 
the more that we see, you know, the Southern wrestling, wrestling as we call it, uh, you know, down in Georgetown and some of the NWF stuff that's, uh, you know, uh, very uh, Memphis style and, and whatnot, is that we tend to like that a little more, I think, sometimes. Because, it, you know, like you said, it has this kind of, you know, this build and something, the matches go somewhere, you know, and it's not just like, oh, wow, they, they did the double moonsault, you know, or something like that. And that stuff's great. But I think that if you blend those two together, that's when wrestling becomes perfect to me. I think one thing about AIW, too, is actually they've lately, I can't say lately, it's, it's gone on for a while, but they are putting more of an emphasis on it right now, is they are doing more emphasis on storylines, but they're trying to give you the best of both worlds. Because I think what you're trying to say like about like matches that have no meaning, I've often heard it or recently heard it described as PWG booking. Where it's we're gonna have well we're gonna have this name versus this name ooh ah we're gonna have this name versus this name ooh ah and I mean those matches could be and events could be fun to go to but I mean they're only gonna to help you out so much and like even what sucks is actually because I'm looking at this card and there's not as many stories going into it but a lot of it's because Absolution wasn't that long ago and right around Hell on Earth and the next over the next couple months I'm going into are the March show of Gauntlet for the Gold, like this is when they're going to be building and planting seeds for some of those stories. Like one of the main ones we have is Tim Dons versus Nick Gage. Other than that, uh, I've not really too many stories going into it. I mean, they've had like they've built like kind of promos in a way. Like Ethan Page um, had a kind of a promo talking about like why he was in this match versus Dominic Greeny. Um, Filthy Tom Lawler hasn't really done much, but his I think his story is kind of going through people and put and having competition put in front of him, maybe leading to a championship down the road, uh, a match that hasn't been announced yet, or participants that haven't been announced for this show, or where we're going to see them, I don't know. But the production, which is Frankie Flynn, Derek Director, Colby Red, and Magnum CK, the new member, Magnum CK, and that's been going on since a little bit before Absolution, like the build of this this team for frankie flynn and i i'm expecting something i'm expecting maybe some match to be announced maybe pb smooth versus magnum ck i don't know but that's some storylines we've had but i know like going into absolution we did we there was a lot going on and it made a lot of the matches very very interesting it's always good you know uh we we attend this uh this promotion like i said uh, northern wrestling federation which is nwf and uh, they run a big show once a month, and like their next big show, they're going to have Abyss on the show because he was trained there and a bunch of other folks. Uh, but uh, typically, they kind of use their students, and that's it. And uh, so, but some of their students are guys like you know Carl Anderson and people of that caliber that maybe didn't quite make it in the WWE or whatever. So you know, like Wildcat Chris Harris is there every week, and you know uh, we we get to see some some good stuff. But when we first went there. Um, we were kind of blown away by the fact that they di- we didn't get a lot of uh, finality in the matches. Like there were no good finishes. Like as far as you know, someone got pinned in the middle of the ring. There was a lot of shenanigans. There was a you know every match got DQ'd and there was all this stuff. And at first we were like, what the fuck is this? This is bullshit, right? Yeah. Um, it, we didn't realize what they were doing. And uh, over time, we started to call this the NWF finish because this is the finish that leads to the next match. You know, as uh, Triple H says, the book that never closes, you know, and um, stories have to end, but they also have to continue. And so sometimes like like, for example, Rockstar Pro, uh, in as an example, a different side of the coin, they always had definitive endings. I mean, like no match ends in a DQ like ever. I mean, it is very rare. 
like like it'll happen once every six months that there'll be like a DQ there, um, and which is kind of you know limiting yourself a little bit storytelling wise. Uh, but uh, at the same time, that's not what they're focused on. They're doing the PWG booking, like you're talking about. Um, you know, their their next big show. They've announced the people that are coming. We don't know where they're going to be or who they're going to fight, but we know they'll be there. You know, like David Starr will be there. Uh, some of our favorites, the Jim Nasty Boys, will be there, which is White Mike and Timmy Lou Retton. You know, and and but we don't know who they're going to be in a match with, and there'll be no story or no build to that. It'll just be like, oh, well, uh, you know, David Starr is going to face Aaron Williams, and that's the match. You know, um, it, it, so that's unfortunate. Uh, you know, because if we had story, those matches would mean so much more. And when they do actually do story it's pretty incredible thing to combine those two things so um one of the biggest things that you know biggest shows of the summer that we attended was the uh ted pity invitational at iwa mid-south and Mm -hmm. the story of that was win the tournament you know what i mean that was the story oh yeah there was a and and that's a great easy thing to build off of um but there were some stories going on in the tournament between particular competitors and stuff like that um but i mean that was one of the most tremendous two-day things of wrestling I've ever seen in my life. I mean, we we lost our minds, you know. Uh, you know, I Sue Young uh, threw homicide into my chair, and uh, if you listen to our show, you know my chair is very uh, infamous because we always bring our own chairs to all the show, uh, the shows, and there's these kind of like uh, real comfortable kind of lawn chair deals, and uh, everyone's always jealous. And she saw me earlier that day with a chair and was like, huh. And then threw homicide in my chair and everyone was freaking out, you know, I mean, like stuff like that happening is always amazing. But I mean, just the the story itself of the win the tournament, my point being is that, you know, that allowed for all kinds of incredible things and, and reasons for why these guys were laying it on the line so much and why they were going to the lengths they were doing and, and committing these you know atrocities against their opponent to win because they would do anything to win. So, you know, um, simple thing like that can add so much to matches. And that's why when it's lacking, it's a little frustrating because, you know, as everybody says, it's pro wrestling. You can do anything. You can have a monkey from fucking space. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, you can do whatever you want. And as long as you, uh, you know, do something, I'm happy with it. I mean, that's the, the, like the other side of that coin of like what AIW does, like just kind of like using this card as an example, Colt Cabana versus Jimmy Jacobs. I mean, that's a name versus name match, but Colt Cabana, I don't think he's ever had a bad match in my opinion. He's managed to, because I'm, I'm a huge fan of comedy wrestling, so he will get me interested in his match. And I think that's has, that has to be the mindset. Like if you don't have a storyline going on, create your own within the match like make people interested i mean granted i've seen matches where i like i don't have as, as much interest going into it but the story they tell the moves they do they, they suck me in and i thoroughly enjoy the match um trying to like look at the cards if there's anything anybody else that's just like oh well uh jody fleisch versus m dog matt cross versus laredo kid versus djz looking at that like all right that's going to be a flippy shit match <laughs> Pe- people are going to be going everywhere that's what this match is for but I'm fine with that. Uh, we have the match that was just announced today as, as of this recording, which is going to be a g- absolutely giant 10-man tag match. Marino Ted Naglio with the real world, uh, not the real world, the weird world and Space Justice, Space Monkey and Dick Justice versus Trey Lamar, Garrison King, AJ Gray, Joshua Bishop, and Malcolm Monroe the third. That's another crazy match. If this, I'm, 
as of right now, this is kind of my prediction to start off the show. If it's, if it's a match that's already been announced, because this is going to be a very interesting match. But then again, uh, a lot of these AIW students haven't been given the, the first match. They're, they get put on later on, especially Joshua Bishop, friend of the show. Uh, his family shows up to these shows and is the most dedicated family I have ever seen of a wrestler. Like, they have shown up to many matches and events in droves and... <laughs> and it's weird, like some of the placings they get, and the, the, this family goes nuts. The Bishop Brigade, right? Or Brigade, Brigade, right? <laughs> yeah, the Bishop no. Brigade. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, what, as you're describing this card to me, a quote comes up uh, in my mind that we often reference on our show because it's so uh, profound, and that is that you know wrestling should be like the circus. You know, you should have the elephants and then you should have, um, you know, the trapeze artists and then you should have the, the freaks and then you should have, uh, you know, the strong man. And, and uh, you know, it sounds to me like AIW is putting together a card that has all those things. You know, um, I'm assuming that the uh, Colt Cabana match will be sort of a comedy match. And, uh, you know, that's that's going to be tremendous. You mentioned Dick Justice. Um, speaking of amazing comedy wrestlers, um, oh, yeah. we saw him have a trilogy with our own John Murray uh, here oh, at Rockstar God. Pro. <laughs> that would be amazing. It was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I mean, we there were there was a card once um, where the main event was Sammy Callahan versus I think Dave no I think Jake Christ versus uh, Ethan Page. No, it was it was David Starr. Sammy Callahan, Ethan Page. I was much more interested in, you know, I wanted to see that or whatever, but I was much more excited about the Dick Justice, um, John Murray match because, and it was, it was better than the main event. And, uh, they didn't do any flippy do's. In fact, they did very little wrestling, (laughs) but it was amazing. Um, so that, that, that kind of stuff, you know, like I said, if you can build a card with all those different things on them, you know, I mean, that's, that's, the art of booking right there. You know, that's good stuff. Who did Ethan Page go up against in the opening round of the Catalina Wrestling Mixer? Simon Gotch. That's right. That's right. Ethan Page isn't huge on comedy wrestling. You don't see him a lot doing that kind of stuff, but the opening to that match and what they did, granted referencing Step Brothers the way they did, was hilarious. And that's one of like those few gems that you find like, all right, I wasn't expecting that, but that was pretty good. Well, that's funny you mentioned that because every time Ethan Page has come to Rockstar, he's kind of done comedy. You know, like that's kind of been his thing there is like whenever he comes, he does comedy and he does some wrestling and mostly it's him talking shit and being funny. And so uh, and not in a heel way, you know, being like genuinely entertaining is a good guy. Uh, so um, but uh, yeah, man, that that was a fun match. I honestly I you know, I, I've seen Simon Gotch from way back. You know, I I went to some of the first um, NXT shows when they left Florida. They came to Columbus, Ohio, and I went to all those. And so, you know, I got to see matches. You know, the, I got to see Bailey versus, uh, you know, Sasha in a bar in, in Columbus years ago. You know what I mean? Which was tremendous. But mm-hmm. I got to see once one of the matches that was awesome, uh, speaking of great comedy wrestling, is that we had uh, Enzo and Cass versus the uh, Vaudeville. And they did a boxing match, basically, where they they actually brought out stools and put them in the corner and, uh, you know, and had spit buckets and stuff like that. It was pretty funny. Um, Turns out, you know, it's just because a bunch, you know, the half the half the people in that match couldn't wrestle. So (laughs) but they did their best, you know, so. 
So what was your favorite match that night, though? The uh, the Catalina Wrestling Mixer. It might have been that match. No, no, no. The uh, uh, what was the big scramble match? Yes. Um, yeah. That was huge. Uh, what title was on the line? Because I'm not as familiar with, uh, you know, Pro Wrestling Revolver or whatever. It's it's the Pro Wrestling Revolver. It's their only title, which is the uh, the Scramble Match title. Scramble Match title. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was that was a fun match. Um, and all the aspects that they didn't. Not to mention Space Monkey was in it, so I was happy to. Yes. Oh, I was happy to see Space Monkey. Now you know at the end of that match who ended up with the title, right? Do you know? No, I can't remember. I remember. Well, it I remember was the new champion. Oh. It was me. Well, I was the one who ended up with the title at the end of that match because this uh, they had a heel guy named Palmer who came out. Yeah, Palmer. He he attacked uh, Sammy Callahan and and you know and Sammy Callahan looked like he was going to win and uh, but it turned out no uh, Palmer won and as he was being chased off by the baby faces right through the crowd uh, running over old ladies as he went he dropped the title on the ground at my feet and I picked it up held it high. And gave it to security guard. So, well, if that was a fanny pack, you would have been a champion. Yeah, no shit. Oh. <laughs> I am not happy with that angle, but uh, anyway, so uh, not a fan of that angle. But we'll see where that's going to go. There's there's all kinds of crazy shit going on with that. But uh, but anyway, well well, tell me. So, um, AIW, um, you know what 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 am I going to be looking forward to the most? I mean, what are the things that you're going to, that you think are unique to that promotion that I'm going to be kind of uh, blown away by when I come up there? I always want to say the fans, because we, I mean, we're a rabid bunch. I mean, I've heard good things about us and I've heard bad things about us. Like I've heard people say AIW has the worst fans, but then, you know, the lot of people who, you know, you hear on the show, like, you know, we're, we try to be a good bunch, but maybe, you know, there are times that we come off as assholes. Uh, I, I know it's a to each of their own thing, because I actually had a friend of mine try to tell me at one point that uh, Rockstar fans were garbage. And I, I go to the show and I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know what experience you had, but I'm like, I had a, I had a pretty fun, pretty fun <laughs> night. I mean, it's it's definitely to each their own thing. Um, I mean, the sh- I don't know the shows that you have. Uh, you go to but i mean kind of like i know aiw they run a little long depending on the show i mean there has been shows that we get out after midnight which granted i think the the one that i went to down there uh the fucking catalina wine uh wrestling mixer it i think was longer but then again it was a much much later start time and i think sammy mm-hmm. was like apologizing for it i think it was like like two what was it, an hour and a half maybe behind two hours behind it yeah. was, seemed like it was long because they were piling people in yeah, they started an hour late, I think, uh, you know, but uh, that the entrance to that place makes it difficult because, you know, you can't open two lines up or anything like yeah. that. There just has to be the one line. And, um, you know, I was talking to Isaac, who is the ticket guy there. Uh, hell of a guy. He um, mentioned that he is dreading the February uh, Catalina, oh, or, well, excuse me, wrestling revolver yeah. show because of, you know, the fact that they give him the list like five minutes before they open the doors. <laughs> So he's trying to like find people on a list and take money and, and all this kind of stuff. And it's a huge pain in the ass for him and he can, he can do his best and that's all he can do. So, uh, you know, but that's going to be something else, man. You got to come down for that one. I don't know if there's any tickets left though. I want to, I really want to go, but some of us are kind of questioning where, where else is Naito going to be? Because I know we know AAW right now and we know 
Glory Pro. Or is it Glory Pro? Yeah. I thought, thought he's going to be an AAW he's, too. I could be wrong. Both, yeah. Oh, both, okay, those yeah, yeah, three. Yeah. Okay. We're wondering if there's going to be more, because I think the week after that show, uh, Rest Pro Wrestling Revolver, is an AIW show. Elgin, you know, has wrestled in AIW, has a good good relationship, far as I understand, with AIW, and they've tried to book him a couple times since, you know, he's been signed with New Japan, and they've had some fall through, and one not fall through, that I couldn't remember. I want to say it's only been one where he's been here, and he's actually when he was the IWGP Intercontinental Champion. It's awesome. Yeah, and I, I was like, I have to get a picture with the title, because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I'll, no I'll, never, I'll never get to do that again, and that, like now with the, the update about, like, I'm actually behind on New Japan, just too much shit in my life but like seeing the updated title i was like kind of like the dingy dirty yeah. one like the all white one like i know it's how it's supposed to look but it just doesn't look right we uh we had a cool experience this is a little bit off topic but uh at the at the ted pity invitational um you know aaron williams w- went into it as the champion and he decided to defend the title each time and then you know he he wrestled and he also won it and at the end of it, uh, Shane Mercer, who's a tremendous wrestler, came out and destroyed him with a turnbuckle, and he was bleeding all over the place. And he was—he—he he still ended up defending the title again for somebody cashed in on him, and he defeated them. It was ridiculous, and he had blood all over the title, right? So the next, like, I think uh, that was like Thursday and Friday. That Sunday night, I had him over for dinner. So, because we didn't really get a chance to talk to him much that that uh, you know weekend because he was a little bit busy and um, you know wrestling and beating guys up and defending that title. But uh, he he came over and he brought it with him. And it, it, this thing is all dirty. It's got his blood all over it and stuff. <laughs> and and I was like, man, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was just amazing, you know. And uh, Michael Elgin very recently held that title. In fact, he vacated it and uh, Aaron won it in a tournament. And he was supposed to probably lose it to Aaron at one of those shows that we went to, but he didn't show up because he was stuck in Japan. So uh, it's maybe one of those AIW shows, too, that he missed out on was around that same time. So No, it was way before. Like They booked him for Gauntlet for the Gold one year, and he was like, when they announced the event, they announced him with it. But it was literally, like when they announced it, it was like maybe a week or two before he officially signed with New Japan. And then New Japan was like, well, we need you for these dates. Those dates were like a couple AIW bookings. One of them, the gotcha. one that they had already announced, and they were like, yeah, he's not going to be here. But I, I mean, it was been since then that he's obviously shown up, had the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, which was, like I said, that was just awesome. Well, well think about this. If, uh, you know, Naito is facing uh, Kazuchika Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 12, um, you know, real soon. And then and then a couple weeks later, he'll be in Dayton. So there's a chance that the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion might be in Dayton, Ohio at my local federation, which is just fucking nuts to me. And um, we've often said we will never get the chance to see that guy in America. And, uh, you know, the fact that he's coming to my backyard is just one of the most mind-boggling things in the world to me. And uh, he's going to face Michael Elgin uh, in the main event that night. Um, We got a bunch of other great people coming, too. Uh, One guy I did want to talk about real quick, if you don't mind, uh, change the subject. Have you ever seen Shane Strickland live except for that one time that you saw him down in in Dayton? Uh, I want to say WrestleMania weekend. I think he was at one of the shows, either at the WrestleCon Super Show or seen Evolve. 
but he may have been. I'm not sure. Like there was uh, there was so much wrestling that weekend, and like yeah. companies I'm not necessarily <laughs> familiar with that I just went for the some of the experience. And I'm just like I don't remember everybody that wrestled, especially the WrestleCon Super Show. Like that was a crazy night. I can imagine. Well, that's a guy that um, he'll be at this uh, next Wrestling Revolver show, and he is one of my favorite guys to watch live. We have, I mean, I'm so spoiled. I get to see so many great wrestlers, but he's a guy that I just wanted to put over because, man, like he does so many simple things well. Like, and I don't mean well, I mean like better than anyone I've ever seen kind of thing. That mm-hmm. it's just like he makes just a simple punch or a simple kick, like one of the greatest things you ever see in your life. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's a lot of guys that I see, but man, for some reason, when he jumps, he floats, you know, when he, uh, you know, when he kicks, he moves his whole body to kind of emphasize the kick. And, uh, those, uh, those cracks when he kicks somebody are so well-timed and so loud. I've never seen anybody do that better. It's, it's, uh, he's a tremendous, tremendous wrestler and, uh, wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, if he's out of his Lucha Underground deal to get snatched up by somebody because, man, he is something else. And he is a guy that I used to see at Rockstar Pro every week. He'd be there every week, you know, and uh, I just been so spoiled. <laughs> I mean, that's oh, like yeah. I get to see so much great wrestling. It's awesome. It's almost like even with uh, Impact right now, TNA, GFW, whatever you want to call it, uh, some of the people they're bringing in, it's cool to see them succeed. Like, granted, um, Ethan Carter III, a.k.a. Derek Bateman, a.k.a. Michael Hutter. You know, that's a guy, like, he was around AW before I was. So see him doing well is awesome. Seeing uh, Dick Justice being used. Hearing of, which I know it hasn't announced been announced yet, but the spoilers are everywhere, Ethan Page. And the name that he uses... Yeah, is pretty cool, huh? The name that he uses as a homage to um, Chandler Biggins. It's like, as soon as I heard it, I was like, I love it, and I was... Like reading stuff on uh, Facebook or Twitter, and people just like, oh my god, it's a dumb name. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm, I know where it comes from, so I think it's pretty freaking cool. <laughs> and it's it's just a damn name. Like, shut up. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, there was, there was a time when people would bitch about WWE and they'd call it the the slave name. But I'm oh like, oh my god. Yeah, I've heard, I've literally heard people <laughs> say, call it like when they change your name, they call it your slave name. It's been a while since I've heard someone say that, but wow. that uh. If you're good enough, your name change won't matter. Like, I remember when they announced, okay, John Moxley is going to be known as Dean Ambrose. People are like, oh, Dean, that just name is dumb. And I'm like, well, look at him now. You No one goes, oh, Dean Ambrose, that's a dumb name. No, they go, oh, that's Dean Ambrose. Like, and I mean, granted, you get the ones that, I mean, like, I think my absolute favorite was Kevin Owens. As soon as they announced that, you know, he's going from Kevin Steen to Kevin Owens, I'm like, he wants to memorial, uh, help. Uh, honor uh, Owen Hart, especially with his son being named Owen. Like, that is awesome. And the the, uh, the joke that I've always used is how much of a heel he really is, because that would mean his son's name is Owen Owens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, well, I mean, and that's a guy you're familiar with, I, w- I would assume. Oh Did you see him up at AIW quite a bit before uh, before he left for the, for the big show? I missed his last show with us. And then I think the show before that he missed that he was supposed to be at that I, that was when his daughter was born. And then I think I seen him two times before that. And he was a guy like I didn't really watch Ring of Honor until recently because of just we don't get it in this area. Like on mm-hmm. TV, we don't get it. Like there's no Sinclair company right now. Actually, recently they bought one, but I don't think they're fully taking over yet. 
but I'd have to go online and watch them. And now it's much easier with the, you know, the fight app, but I knew of Kevin Steen, but I didn't know that much about him when they announced him that he was actually, it was a hell on earth that he debuted at. And I was like, all right, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to check this guy out. And I stopped by his merch table and me and him like got into an instant conversation. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm definitely buying an eight by 10 and I'll get a picture. Cause I'm like, hey, you're pretty awesome. So I, he's another guy that is what he has done for this, uh, for AIW. He has shouted AIW out a bunch, like in interviews and whatnot. And when Chandler Biggins passed away, he, you know, said stuff online. I think he had a, a CB thing somewhere written on him that night. I love that. Like, mm-hmm. I, he easily became one of my favorite wrestlers over the past, you know, three or four years. Well, well I got to see him once in the independence and um, it was uh, his second to last match in Ring of Honor. He came to the uh, <laughs> this is one of the first uh, pro wrestling events I ever went to live too. I'd been watching for years, but I hadn't really gone to anything. And I went to this Ring of Honor show in the uh masonic temple which is like a high school theater basically um and uh you know i mean the opening match was rocky romero and and uh tomaso champa versus uh red dragon you know and uh and these uh main event like i guess the the semi-main or whatever was uh was um Kevin Owens versus Silas Young in a hardcore match. Um, and it was his second to last match in Ring of Honor. The next night they went up to Dearborn and that was his last match. But, uh, you know, it was pretty awesome to see him. And, um, you know, I missed all the Generico stuff. I've gone back and watched a lot of that as well. But, man, you know, Ring of Honor, their live shows are just awesome. I love going to see their live shows. The only problem that I have with them now is they've, they've kind of grown to the point where they they go to these larger places that I don't want to go. Like like now they go to Columbus and they have this yeah. the, this place. It's the same place I saw NXT, but it that was years ago when they had a different setup and it was a smaller bar kind of. And now uh, this place is more of a concert venue. And Ring of Honor, uh, you know how they say you want an ass every 18 inches? Well, Ring of Honor wants an ass every like 12 and a half inches. And it is just... Yeah. It's brutal, man. It's it's just you're too close to everybody, and I, I don't know, man. I don't get, like, social anxiety, but I do get, like, you know, you're sitting on my lap anxiety. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so so that, that kind of sucks about it. But last uh, last time we saw him, we saw him at that venue uh, in Columbus, and, uh, you know, David Starr was on that card. Jonathan Gresham was on that card. And, uh, you know, uh, I just always think that they, they at least will have one – amazing match on each show and like that night we saw young bucks versus the uh, war machine it was fucking awesome and and you know ray rose a guy that we've seen at rockstar pro quite a bit too cleveland and guy. uh is he yeah no kidding huh he, he uh you know dates crazy mary dobson too mm-hmm. and uh, she's from our area as well um and uh you know we we see we've seen her quite a bit at rockstar pro in fact you know, we've been lucky to see a lot of independent wrestlers like final matches, uh, you know, right before they went to the big time. Like uh, Tommy End came for two shows at Rockstar Pro right before he uh, joined NXT. Uh, Heidi Lovelace did the same thing. Uh, Raymond Rowe before he went to New Japan. Uh, you know, Crazy Mary Dobson. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we get to see a lot of those folks right before they go on, which is, is awesome. And, uh, you know, that's one of those rewarding things like you're talking about where you – 
as a fan, you have this, you know, like we were talking about before, whether it's a story or it's a personal investment that you have in this person's character or their well-being as a human being, um, you know, that's kind of what what gets you what gets them over to you, you know. And so if you're able to kind of have these kind of, I don't know, investment, personal investments with these characters or with these folks when they succeed on the big time or, you know, some bad heel comes and beats their ass on NXT television or something, you really, your heart goes out to them and you're like, oh, I want them to win, you know, and uh, after speaking with Les Thatcher a lot, you know, he's uh, just like every wrestler, he claims that he invented everything, uh, but he uh, he does claim that he is the first person to do, you know, kind of... Uh, character pieces on wrestlers as far as like learning what they actually, you know, like, like doing sit down interviews with them and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, you know, that's something that he always talks about how that's very important to have this personal connection with, with, uh, he, he tells a story about, he used to have a race car driver gimmick. And so, uh, this kid, uh, came up to him after the show and with his mom and, and said, Oh, can I have your autograph, Mr. Thatcher? And he's like, sure. Uh, and she said, yeah, he doesn't even really like wrestling, but he, he heard you say something about the being a race car driver, you know? And so he was like, he said that that just set a light bulb off in his head that, you know, Hey, there's something to this and that's where I need to make my money, you know, is, is something like that, which, uh, you know, I don't know. Sorry. Long diatribe about, you know, <laughs> <laughs> about stuff like that. You, I can get, get going on lots of stuff, man. Well, I was thinking like we've had some close to last matches, uh, some of which like you had named, like we had Tommy and I think right around the same time he was at Rockstar. I remember it's before or after. I know we had one of the last matches from uh, Crazy Mary Dobson. We had one of the last matches with Heidi Loveless when she dropped the title to Shayna Baszler, who has yet to lose the AIW Women's Championship, and we don't know what's going on with that <laughs> as of right now either. So it's, it's she could very well, I don't know, she could very well show up at a show and drop the title to somebody, or, you know, she could have to, you know, quote, mail the championship back and not, which actually I think she does carry the belt with her, but she uh, could just walk away undefeated. Not undefeated in AIW. She did lose her first match to Mia Yim. But since being champion, walk away undefeated. So that'd be really interesting. I think the only, the only big one that we had, we definitely had the last match, was obviously Johnny Gargano. I mean, we had, uh -huh. we'd named the show after him, and he walked away with a, after his match with a 45-minute speech and very, very emotional night. Uh, one night I'll never forget in uh, my career as being a independent wrestling fan. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, well, man, um, what, uh, what's the future for wrestling cheers? What, what are you, uh, trying to accomplish with this thing and, and how can I help? Uh, right now it's a step-by-step -step thing. Actually, one thing I forgot to mention earlier and I can mention right now, uh, maybe it's a, it was a perfect plug for me, but we're still waiting on official confirmation from uh, Spotify and I don't know what's going on with that. I'm going to quit. Hey, me well, too, brother. Me too. Well, <laughs> Podbean now is partnered with uh, Spotify, and they sent me an email when it was official saying, hey, like we can help get you on. Just go to do this and this and this on your account page and hit the connect to Spotify button and, you know, we'll, you know, we'll do the work. And last time I checked, which was about a week ago, it said under review. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the biggest things, and I officially got everything back just last night, and that is we will have a What a Maneuver store up on Monday. And I know a lot, awesome. of, a lot of people are asking me, like, where, you know, 
I want to get this and the shirt and blah, 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 blah. I will not have any in my personal possession for a while. But what I'm going to do, eventually, eventually I'll order some, but I want people to order them now. And it's not just t-shirts. Like the what, what a maneuver offers, you can get t-shirt, you can get a hoodie, you can get an infant onesie, you can get a woman, <laughs> woman shirts, you can get them in child size. Um, and that I think is really, really big because I've, I've always wanted to go to a show and represent myself. And when they go on sale, I'm, I'm at least ordering a shirt. It does sound like it takes almost about the same amount of time to get a shirt as it does for pro wrestling tees. Maybe a little less. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it's going to be, uh, it's going to be pretty cool. And then eventually I'm going to release some more designs. I know there's a, there's a, a fight Caden fight shirt that was that I produced last year and I think we're going to redo it. I mentioned on last week's episode, but it is official. It does go live on Monday. They're going to promote it. I'm going to promote it. And, you know, I, I definitely like to see some t-shirts get sold. I mean, that's where I'm at right now. Um, I think the next step for me, because I'm just a step-by-step kind of guy. If I continue doing one episode per week till the end of the year, I'm either, I will equal what I've done on Ohio Indie Report or exceed it by one episode. And that's amazing because that's only been this year. And I was the first part of the year. I wasn't doing it every week. And then eventually I said, you know what? Let's do the show every week. And the show started in 2012 and all went all the way up to last year. So four years of a show. And I'm going to come either equal what I did in those years in one year, or I'm going to surpass it by one episode. And I think that's big. That is big, man. You know, I, it's all about personal goals and whatever you feel like doing that, you know, if you feel like you're succeeding, that's what you're doing. And, you know, I know that um, you are a very well-respected individual in the podcast and the wrestling community. Um, and I think that that's, that's kind of where your listener base can always come from is the fact that, uh, you know, you're well-respected and, um, you know, you have solid opinions that are well thought out and you're also pretty damn nice guy too, which really helps. So, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, obviously we wish you the best success in the world, uh, you know, from our end and everything, cause we're all in this together. We're not competing. You know, that's the cool thing about podcasts is that there's no competition. It's just, you know, Hey, you know, we, we want to partner with you and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, promote you guys as much as you promote us. You know, that's, that's the whole point. So oh, as of right now, I just double checked, uh, my, the Podbean page and mm-hmm. it says connected to Spotify. Holy shit. Breaking news on the podcast. But I don't, I don't know what that means. Cause trust me, like for the past week, cause last week I, I kind of had this like personal growth, not personal growth. Just, I accomplished two things. I said, you know, screw it. I'm going to apply for what a maneuver. I'm going to send them a, a message to their, their, Ooh, yeah, actually. Your podcast is now on Spotify. Breaking news. Wow. As we're listening, uh, they sent, actually, they sent me an email within this past hour at 1018. So while we were recording, dear podcaster, we are glad to inform you your podcast is now active in Spotify. You may use, and they give me a link for users to get your podcast on Spotify. There it is. That is awesome, man. That is breaking. Congratulations. But yeah, I just, I had these, I had that with Weather Maneuver and then a, a couple of days before that when I soon, like literally as soon as I, I seen the message like, Hey, we're partnered with Spotify now so we can get you on Spotify. I'm like, Oh, I'm getting on the computer. Like, let's, let's do this. I want to get on Spotify. So yeah, now this will be the first official episode that you'll be able to get on Spotify. It, that's kind of cool. Like it's uh some great news. 
that's what all those damn kids use. They they don't know nothing about iTunes. So, you know, uh, that's every kid I've ever known that's, you know, under the age of like 20. They're like, oh, yeah, I use Spotify for everything. I don't know what iTunes is. I don't know that I have a podcast app on my phone. You believe this shit? I don't. Well, on a side note, which we, we know people who are like this. And this is what I don't understand. When I talk to people, especially in one of the Facebook groups we're in, and they're like, well, here's my podcast. And it's just on YouTube. And I'm like, this is That's it. not a podcast. <laughs> like, yeah, no, you have a YouTube show with audio only. Like, I don't I don't tell this to them. I, I, I'm nice in that group. But it's just like, no, like you get this. And there is a particular quote podcast that we know of. And I don't, I don't mean to talk crap about them, but it's just like, Hey, I want to, I really want to listen to your show. You're Ohio based. I like what you're doing. I want, or what I see that you're doing. But when I listen to my shows, I like being able to get them through iTunes. And I understand not everybody uses iTunes. That's why this show is available on all the platforms that I have mentioned. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, tune in. And you can, I know that there's a Podbean app that you can get and you can listen to it through it that way. But regardless, now and now Spotify, but if I can't get you on these platforms, then I don't consider you a real podcast. And I, I want you to, and then there's like other people that I know. (laughs) There's another uh, podcast that I know that was around here. Some friends of mine did through a website that they had. And I'd be like, great. What's your RSS feed? And they never had the answer. I'm just like, that's what you need. That's no a basic. Shit, like, I mean, granted, I, I was spoiled. When I first started doing podcasting, I was on Blog Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. Blog Talk Radio, they do everything for you. Like, all you have to do is say, I think, say, like, you want you want to be on iTunes, and they do everything for you. And then I eventually oh, yeah. I learned I learned how to do stuff. On a, on a side note, I am trying to create a Wrestling Cheers YouTube channel, but I haven't really done much about <laughs> that yet. Well, we, we do have a Road Home from Wrestling YouTube channel. It is a... Highly unsuccessful. I think we have like uh, two subscribers, Daniel Winchester and like a friend of mine, and that's it. So, you know, but uh, it, it is what it is, man. I, I, I can't agree with you more when I see these YouTube channels that are supposedly a podcast. And it's like, you know, I do this thing on Monday nights where uh, during Raw, I do yeah. a, a, a Facebook Live, right? Yeah. And I, I don't correct people, but you don't know how many people that appear on that say, oh, it's so great to be on your podcast. And I'm like, yeah, this is a separate thing. But okay, yeah, sure, you're on my podcast. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say, you know. Um, but uh, that's what – it. it's it's a little frustrating, but at the same time, I'm just happy everyone's involved. And, uh, you know, if you guys do, you want to follow me on Facebook, it's uh, Drusifer Jones. Check out that uh, Monday night if you uh, want to hear from a lot of the folks that we're talking about. Because uh, a lot of times they join me and uh, discuss uh, various things. Uh, this week we talked about um, pooping on the floor and peeing in sinks uh, with Aiden Eng- or Aiden English, uh, Aiden uh, Blackheart and um, uh, Amazing Maria. So that was a tremendous night. And uh, normally uh, bodily functions don't come up very often. Uh, we uh, titled that episode "Too Much Information." So. Um, <laughs> Normally, it's just kind of a pro wrestling talk and me recapping the weekend that we had, but uh, that's always a good time. But it's not a podcast, and I don't call it that. But uh, people associate me with the road home from wrestling, and so they just say, you know, and and honestly, the reason I do it is to promote the show. That's why I do it, you know, every Monday. So, um, and uh, by the way, uh, you mentioned the t shirt thing. Now, we did recently get t shirts, and we bought like 30 of them, right? 
and we gave a big chunk of them away to folks just as a thank you for all the help that they've given us and everything. And there is nothing like when one of your favorite wrestlers, his music comes on and he's coming to the ring and he's wearing your t-shirt. That is one of the coolest things in the world. And I can't wait for that to happen for you, man, because that absolutely will happen for you as soon as you have t-shirts. Hold on on a second. Mm -hmm. I'm looking through my closet right next to me and I don't see mine. Well, that's that's. I will be seeing you very soon. Uh, we are making another order. What size are you, my friend? Actually, send me your size so I can put you on the list. Okay. And I will. We'll be doing another order soon. And if we don't, if I don't get it to you by hell on earth, then uh, I will in fact, uh, <laughs> I will in fact uh, bring uh, uh, mail it up to you. That's no problem. Okay, Debbie. And then uh, I'll I'll work out something with you with uh, the wrestling chair shirt. Eventually, I will do my own order. I have. I have so many plans of what I want to do. Like I, I mentioned, I don't know if I meant, actually, I don't know if I mentioned on the show. One thing I want to do for promotional, because I know a lot of people do stickers and buttons, which I'm, what a maneuver does, like they'll do privately through me. Like you can't go on and order it, but I'm going to look into sometime next year. And this makes so much sense. We are wrestling cheers. I want to beer mugs. No, 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 no. Promotional beer koozies. Ooh, yeah. Now you're talking. There you go. They're cheap. I'm not going to sell them. It's here, 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 here. Boom. Uh, I forget where I got that idea from. And I'm just like, that makes, because I think someone said like, oh, you need to get buttons. And I'm like, eh. And then just something clicked. I'm like, why not beer koozies? That'd be I'm awesome. sorry, but but who the fuck wears buttons? I don't I don't know anyone I, that wears buttons. I know? know people that do. I actually, I wear I have I know I have pins. Um, <sighs> I, I have two on my work lanyard. Really? Okay. Uh, one Bullet Club and the other one Villain Club. Before that, I had a couple other ones, but like actually no, and I also have a button. I do have a button on there. It is a Veda Scott button, and I love Veda Scott. Well, but but to be fair, you had to have the Bullet and the Villain Club. Uh, pin somewhere just to complete your collection though right i mean not really to complete the collection because i actually have <laughs> no 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 i have spare i actually have i have a spares of all of them <laughs> like i well i should say i have spares of those two and i have the other pins and i have all the patches and i think all the stickers no i have all the stickers i'm missing the bullet club patch so well, I've to- heard I've heard you talk about all the different Bullet Club uh, shit that you have, and it reminds me of that like uh, that part in Wayne's World where they're talking about commercialization and how shitty it is, and like people like selling out. Not saying you're selling out, but they. And then all of a sudden, oh, like no. Garth is wearing like a Pepsi hat, Pepsi T-shirt, Pepsi everything, drinking a Pepsi, you know, like uh, or or that uh, Sarah Silverman program where they they have the tab war. And they, they start wrapping their car in tab uh, stuff. You know, it re- just kind of reminds me of that. Imagine you hanging out, uh, tying your shoestrings at a bullet club, you know, uh, you know, adjusting your uh, bullet club uh, lanyard around your neck, uh, <laughs> you know, while you're wearing your jacket and your hats on your head. <laughs> oh, no, I'm I'm a sellout about <laughs> this is no, this is serious. Uh, let me see. Pre 2016, I was anti bullet club. I was anti New Japan. I was anti Young Bucks. The Young Bucks came to Cleveland for uh, a couple shows. One of them being Absolution Ten in an absolutely amazing match, uh, like a twelve man tag or ten man tag, can't remember. But uh, I got a picture with them just because I could. I know friends who were huge Young Bucks fans, huge Bullet Club fans, and I got a picture with them. And I even just said, "Yeah, just because I could." Like they're too sweeting, and I'm not. So that's when you know I'm not into it at all. And then the uh, beginning of 2016 happened. 
and I was kind of, I was like starting new and a couple things in my life. Uh, I just moved and I started a new job a couple months before that. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I got direct TV now. They have access TV. I, d- I didn't get TNA at the time. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch uh, New Japan on Access. And a couple episodes in where I actually got to see the Bullet Club. And actually, I did get to see the amazing performance between Carl Anderson and Maria Canellis Bennett. That's <laughs> good stuff, right? I, that whole bit that they... Oh, my God. I, that's what I was like. Oh, my God. I love these guys. And then I got to see more of the Young Bucks. And I was like, you know what? I get it. And then after about a month of watching it, I ordered a Bullet Club shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees. And a lot of people who knew me and knew how much I didn't like the Bullet Club, I didn't like the Young Bucks, I didn't like any of that. All of a sudden, now I have a shirt. And then so long later, I bought more shirts. I bought a hat. I bought a Medana. I bought a jacket. And like <laughs> I get made fun of for it through, uh, through certain friends of mine. And I'm just like, I don't care. Like I just changed my mind on them. I didn't like them. I didn't see the appeal in them, but I was kind of being an asshole. I was like, eh, they're overhyped. They're this, they're that. And I'm like, you know what? Now, especially with, with the year that they've had, like, and this is the thing which I don't know if I've explained on many shows about. And this is one thing I do love about the Bullet Club. And I love about that this culture. When I wear my Bullet Club stuff, if someone recognizes it, I think that's cool because you don't get that with anything else. If I was wearing a, a Johnny Gargano shirt, I don't. I've never got anybody say, "Oh my God, Johnny Gargano, that's awesome!" Or a Kevin Owens shirt, a Kevin Steen shirt. You know, nothing like that. But I wear a Bullet Club, and people walk up to me either too sweet me or like, "Oh my God, awesome shirt!" Um, we just went out to a Japanese restaurant a couple weeks ago, ironically enough. And actually, I always wear my Bullet Club stuff at the Japanese restaurant <laughs> just for that reason. A guy oh, is you're, a you're guy fishing for a free meal. <laughs> no, a guy is leaving and he just looks at me and he throws up the too sweet. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I, you don't get that with anything else. And I, that's what I love about it. And you don't, like I said, you don't get that. Anything else. It's amazing. Well, it's like a sports team, you know, Kinda, I mean, yeah. if, if you see somebody wearing a Cowboys jersey and you're a Cowboys fan, you know, you're Alabama, you say roll tide, you know, if there's a, or it's Auburn, you say uh, war damn Eagle who just destroyed number one, Georgia this week. Yeah. So that was awesome. But uh, yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying, man. And, um, I don't the only live pro wrestling that or the the only uh, televised pro wrestling that I watch nowadays with that isn't like a WWE pay-per-view is um, I watch New Japan. I try to watch it faithfully. A lot of times I wake up in the morning to watch it if it's on a Sunday morning, you know, like I just I just woke up just in time to see, uh, you know, the main event of this last show, which was, uh, you know, Tanahashi versus uh, Koto Bushi. Mm-hmm. And it was just amazing. It was so good. It's like, you know, what? one of the things that I love about pro wrestling is it, it is it's uh, violence without consequences. Right. I mean, that's the fantasy. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, w- when we were kids, we play in the you know, like swing sticks and act like they're swords and stuff like that. And we're killing, you know, these uh, invisible monsters that don't really exist, you know, and there's this violence without consequences. And that's what pro wrestling is all about. And uh, that's why people love death matches and stuff like that. Uh, but I think that uh, New Japan and the strong style, like main event stuff that'll happen is the m- closest thing to a death match without a death match. You know, it, it, you know what I'm saying? It's like a, this closest thing 
to that insane violence that you see, um, you know, with, without consequences, so to speak, although there is consequences, it's just, it's delayed <laughs> or it's, it's not as bad as it should be. And uh, that match just reminded me of that style because I hadn't seen it in a while because they've been kind of, you know, I, New Japan goes, uh, on kind of hiatus, uh, during this time of the year. Yeah. And, uh, they, they do have shows, but the shows are just okay. You know, King of Pro Wrestling was okay. Um, you know, this, this, uh, late, latest match, uh, latest one that they had was just tremendous, uh, destruction or something. I can't remember yeah. what it was called, but it was just awesome, dude. Check that out when you have time. It was, it was really good. Yeah, if I have time, I'm like a season behind on Doctor Who and the Christmas specials obviously coming up on Christmas and I gotta, I gotta find a way to watch that. But anyway, I was gonna mention, like, this is how it's gone with me with New Japan lately. I started watching at Wrestle Kingdom and I was trying to watch every show that lasted like so many months and I torrented every single show that I watched. And even ones that I didn't watch, I still torrented them and I just didn't get around to them. And then I think in August or July, I bought a subscription to New Japan. No, and I made mm-hmm. the I made the horrible mistake, and I wish someone would have told me. I literally bought it on the last day of the month. If oh, <laughs> not knowing that literally within wow, yeah. about twenty four hours, or maybe it was the second last day of the month, in twenty four to forty eight hours, I got billed again. And I was like, yeah. "Oh, really, you motherfuckers!" And then, um, motherfuckers. <laughs> and then, uh, ever since then, I have not had time. To watch New Japan, and I'm fucking paying for it. Oh, so it's it's just, on, it's just, it's it's time, man. Like Monday night, I come home, I watch Raw. Tuesday night, I record. Uh, I almost said the Howie New Report, but I record Wrestling Cheers. Uh, Wednesdays, I uh, record a CFL podcast with some friends, and uh, sometimes a movie podcast with some friends. Luckily. I'm not officially recording it. A friend of mine is and doing. He does all the other stuff for it. And most Thursday nights, I record Hanging With Heavy. Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday, I spend with my girlfriend. Sunday night, actually, I don't. She uh, goes home because we don't live together. But and that's normally like my time to relax. Or if I didn't get to record Hanging With Heavy, I recorded that. So it's like no time. And I re- I, I'm trying to find ways to open up time. But yeah, that sucks. But uh, well, th- that last show, that destruction show, was fucking five hours long. Too. That's what kills Come me. Like, there's so on. like when like people bitch about how long Raw is, and they're like, "I love New Japan." I'm like, "Wait a minute, you know how long that shit is? Like, I lo- I like it. I'm not I'm not gonna not knock you, but like five fucking or better yet, better yet. Like I said, I started watching at uh. Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, which, that was a long show, man. <laughs> the, which I think I divided it up over two nights, which was fine. Mm. Which my favorite match isn't the main event. Still a good match. But uh, triple threat tag match. Chaos versus Gorillas of Destiny versus uh, Great Heel Bash. Really? That was your favorite, huh? Because of like how much they were cussing and how that threw off Kevin Kelly and... Um, <laughs> And what's his name? Um, well, it would have been Carino at that yeah, time, Yeah, 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 right? Carino. And, like, they're busted up laughing. And, like, someone recently was talking about New Japan who hasn't watched her. He was trying to get another friend of mine to watch it. And I just sent him the the chopped up clips of uh, the cussing in that match. Because just how it comes out of nowhere, fuck that shit. I hate you, motherfucker. <laughs> Eat shit. Just like so fucking hilarious like i actually watched it on um uh, access because i wanted to see how jim ross was gonna take it and they bleep it out and they don't even pay any attention like oh man that sucks but um yeah you had that show and then the next night you have that 
uh, whatever New, uh, New Year's Dash or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. It's just like, oh, God, guys, it's a lot of fucking wrestling to watch on top of other. Things. Yeah, it is, and you know, I mean, they. The cool thing is, though, you can skip all the like ten man tag matches if you want. Um, you know, they do a lot of that stuff, but at the same time, that's where a lot of the stories get told. Yeah. Um, you know, I. I gotta mention, I can't, I cannot pass up, uh, you know, an opportunity to mention Hanma and the fact that uh, he has left this giant hole in my heart that he is not in New Japan, uh, you know, because he had a almost broke his neck taking yeah. a DDT. Uh, Hanma, a great heel bash, like you said, GH, GBH or whatever. I, um, I, I love Togi. Makabe. I, I'm okay. You know, I'm I'm lukewarm on Makabe. I love Hanma. Fucking love Hanma. If you have you ever seen Hanma versus Ishii from like 2015, it's like they they did two matches, uh, both for the Never uh, title, mm-hmm. and both of them are five star uh, matches by Dave Meltzer. I mean, dude, we are talking like you know uh, his his headbutt off the top rope to the floor and shit like that. I mean, it is just bonkers. And um, these guys are you know Ishii, of course, is one of my favorites Ishii's just one of the greatest wrestlers in the world period uh, if you don't know who uh, Tomohiro Ishii is then uh, you need to learn because that dude is amazing but uh, him versus Hanma you need to check that out if you've not seen that I know you don't have any time yeah but I'm just saying you know who has yeah. one of my favorite themes in New Japan well, great there's a couple but there's one that the first time I heard him like this sounds really badass and that's uh Goto. You like Goto, huh? With the uh he's in the he's like standing there in the in the um waterfall and it's clearly really cold. He's trying to no sell the how cold it is. And you know, do his like entrance uh like Titan Tron or whatever the hell you call it, mm-hmm. like his uh his Tron thing is it it's the idea with Goto is that he was a bad guy. Well or he was a good guy or something. He couldn't get anywhere. And then Okada beat his ass. And then Okada decided to kind of help train him and awoken the warrior spirit within. And then he just became mediocre, honestly. But uh, he's a great wrestler. He just is one of those. He's the Dolph Ziggler of New Japan where mm. they just they always stop start with him. They get him heated up and then they and then he loses and then they heat him up and then he loses and they heat him up and he loses and he never gets anywhere. Um, you know, but uh, but at the same time, he's tremendous and uh, he's got much bigger pectoral muscles than I ever will. So. Okay. And like I said, fantastic theme. Because I don't know, it's just when I heard it, just how it's, I don't know, I, I can't describe it. Like I'm, I'm definitely a music guy when it comes to wrestling. If you have a good theme, I'll get gravitated towards you. And I heard his well, theme, I'm like, I'm like, ooh, I like That's that. one of the things that, that drew me to New Japan in the first place. When, you know, Wrestle Kingdom 9, when, uh, you know, you had, uh, was it really 9? Jeez, that's so long ago now. Um, you had Koto Bushi versus Shinsuke Nakamura, and we I heard Nakamura's theme and saw him rise up out of the stage with that, you know, uh, Liberty crown that he was wearing and all that wacky shit that he did. And I was like, I this is my ringtone, and that my ring that was my ringtone for like a year and a half, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I I'm all about it. Now, what do you think about Minoru Suzuki's theme? Is this not the greatest song ever written? <laughs> like I I was listening to a particular playlist of mine on the way to Supercard of Honor, and even though he wasn't there, I got to that song and I just put it on repeat after that because that song is fucking amazing. Like that 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 one did take me a while, and then I like I heard about the story about the song and all that kind of stuff, and that drew me into it more. That's why I put 
uh, go. It was just a little bit higher, but that is an epic, epic song. Like, I think I had a big pop when you had it at the end of one of your episodes. Like, it took me a second, because mm-hmm. sometimes that, that couple second intro it took me a while, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I love this song. Kaze Ninari or something like that. It's it's just great. You know, uh, and that's one of the things, too, just another little nerdy wrestling thing is that one of the awesome things about New Japan is they, they do – I mean, sometimes they have bad guys and good guys, but for the most part, guys are guys. They are their character, and you can choose to cheer them or not. And so the same people that will be booing the shit out of Suzuki when he's beating up, you know, I don't know, uh, Yano or whoever, um, you know, they will they will be the same people that go, Kaze Ninari, you know, when the when the, the hook uh, kicks in there on that song. So, you know, uh, it, it's just nice how they all appreciate pro wrestling in all of its forms. And even though it's a good guy or a bad guy, they, they still like who they like and that's just how it is um but uh that's something that's uh to be respected and i really love that all right we're we're getting kind of long on this episode longer than <laughs> i i regularly like so we do need to wrap up this episode any uh final thoughts or last minute plugs that you'd like to throw out absolutely you can follow me at drusifer tweets on twitter you can follow the show at my show at the road home fw on twitter also we have a facebook page the road home fw uh, for, uh from wrestling on uh facebook and we have a facebook group um also uh you know you can watch me on monday nights uh, right before and during raw at Trucifer uh jones on twitter or excuse me, on Facebook, and uh, do that Facebook Live, have all kinds of guests, and, uh, you know, go on to whatamaneuver.com, look up Wrestling Cheers, go ahead and buy yourself a t-shirt, and if you're on a wrestler Monday, starting there, on Monday, wear that thing to the ring and make uh, our buddy Justin uh, feel something he's never felt before, you know, because that's a, that's a tremendous thing, and, uh, you know, especially when there's uh, video cameras around, and that might make it in a GIF or something like that. Uh, but, uh, but man, you know, thank you so much. I, I can't express to you how awesome it's been to have someone like yourself to kind of bounce ideas off of, or just to say hi every once in a while. And, uh, the support in the wrestling podcast community is, uh, pretty great. Um, you know, and, uh, the fact that we've kind of partnered, uh, in a way to cover Ohio wrestling, you cover the North, we cover the South. Uh, that's been a tremendous deal, and I, I can't thank you enough for all the support. It's been my pleasure. Been a been a fun road home from wrestling. Um, anyway, oh. <laughs> um, and then of course you can find myself at heavyset three three zero on Twitter. You can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, wrestling Cheers pretty much everywhere. Facebook.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Cheers, and Instagram.com Wrestling Cheers. Check out all the great shows here on the Training Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, European Uppercut, The Tuts Experience, Luchat, CFL Easy Picks, What's on Fight. Shut the, shut the fuck up. Uh, I'm getting there. Eurovision Showcase, wow. Legends on Siren Radio, TTN at the Movies, and... Shut the fuck up! <laughs> and my other show, Hang In With Heavy, and check out some of my podcast friends, um, such as Macho Man Radio, Chris Clem's Cast, Wingman Podcast, uh, Wingcast, a Wingman Podcast, that is, with Steve Guy, Let the Hate Flow Through You with Jeremy Shear, Pod Van Dam, The Home Road Wrestling From, or uh, Road Home From Wrestling, um... <laughs> weekly wrestling podcast check out the official graphic designer of wrestling cheers moy boy designs uh 
also a thrift store jobber on eBay. And I, I always say eBay. I need to write these down, this part down, because I just had thrift store jobber down on Etsy, Instagram, and Twitter. And check out our friends over at Rebel Life Media. And uh, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. <laughs> and also awesome. Podbean, wrestlingcheers.podbean.com. And uh, one thing I've never mentioned, all this is in the show notes of the show. But, hey, I repeat it to you just so you know. So thank you very much, Andy, for joining me on this lovely evening. It was my pleasure, as always, man. I'm, I'm here for you anytime you need me. And uh, I guess I have to end this with thank you for listening to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when we record a longer episode than normal. Later. <laughs> hey, man, that's what you get when you have me on, you know? <laughs> so... <laughs>